0: The apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers
1: were meeting regularly at the temple in the area known
0: as Solomon's Colony. But no one else dared to join them, even though all the people had high regard for them Yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord,
1: crowds of both men and women. As a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits,
0: and they were all evil. The word of God. Please listen. Let us pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word once again. that sustains us. When you walk this earth, you reminded us The man does not live by
1: bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord, Your scripture. And so we pray that as we meditate upon these words, that you would sustain us and fill us uh, and and strengthen us, um, not just in the way that ordinary food strengthens us,
0: but in a way that matters in eternity. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So today we are returning
1: um, to our journey through the book of Acts. This week's passage, you may have noticed, is not a narrative of dramatic events like most of is. This passage is instead a summary statement that described the early church. This is not the first summary statement we have seen, as uh, another summary statement we saw previously was at the end of chapter four. That statement talked about how much unity there was in the church, and also how much they shared their possessions to take care of each other's needs. In contrast, this summary statement focuses on the healing ministry Of the early church. Just recently, in Acts chapter 3, you will remember, we did witness a dramatic healing story of the man who was born lame and begged in front of the temple gate called Beautiful. In our passage today, we are told that there were many such healing uh, stories. In verse 15 and 16, it says, as a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. We have to also remember that at this time in history, People had no awareness of bacteria or viruses or anything smaller than could be seen by the naked eye. They did not know about DNA or genetics and they had no medical awareness of inherited disorders. They did not know uh, what the brain and the neurons did. And, um, And so none of those illnesses could be medically treated. And you can add to that list the heart, the liver, the lung, and every other organ um, that there is. If you don't know what's wrong, you can't fix anything, right? In those days, the capacity to fix things medically was extremely limited. So when people got sick with something that was even mildly serious by today's standards, like even an infection, it was either a miracle or death, or sometimes being disabled for life. When it came to a person's health, it may be hard for us Americans to swallow,
0: but the stakes were even higher for them in those days. But when the stakes are that high, and a miracle happens, now you can imagine the wave of
1: emotion and excitement that it would send across the community. But I want to point out something about waves. If you ever stood at a beach and observed a wave coming towards you, there is a push and a pull. There is a movement towards you when the wave is coming, but there's also a pull away from you as the water is drawn away from your feet to feed that wave.
0: And so today, in, um, in this, uh, when, when, this, when these big miracles are happening in the
1: ministry of the apostles, I want to point out uh, that this passage
0: is also uh, pointing us to two different waves of the opposite direction. The first thing that
1: happens when people hear that someone can heal miraculously is that it generates a strong
0: attraction
1: or pull towards the healer. Everyone wants to rush in or take their loved ones to the healer that they are hearing about. We know at this point that all the action was right there in Jerusalem. And so there were people from the surrounding villages (laughs) that were coming into Jerusalem to reach the apostles and get the healing that they needed. This is the pull that the healing was generating. If in this church, someone was miraculously ill, I am sure that the very same thing would happen. I assure you, many people would rush into our doors, even though we are in 21st century America and we have advanced hospitals with a lot of advanced treatments all around us. People still today need this kind of healing in spite of all the medical advances that we have. But just the physical healing was never the ultimate goal of the apostles' healing ministry, right? In the end, the goal was always to introduce those who were being healed to the ultimate healer who was Jesus Christ. They were the first to declare, the apostles, that the power to heal came from Jesus and his name. And it was that, it was Jesus who was doing the healing. As a result of this, a number of people believed in Jesus. Verse 14 says, yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord, crowds of both men and women. This is the good part. The part where you see the pull of the church as it witnesses powerfully to Jesus and grew rapidly
0: as a result. But there's another verse there, verse 13, that gives us pause. It
1: says, but no one dared to join them, even though all people had high regard for them. Right? I don't know if when you've read this, whether uh, you have been struck by uh, a little bit of strangeness of this verse, right? To see this verse in context, let me quote it along with the preceding verse as well. It says,
0: the apostles
1: were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people and all the believers were meeting regularly at the temple in the area known as Solomon's colony. Then it says, but no one else to join them even though all the people had high regard for the apostles, for them. Now at first glance this could be a little confusing. It seems to be saying that the apostles were doing a lot of healing at the Solomon's Colonnade and everybody had very high regard for them, but it also says that no one else dared to join them. So who was it that did not join them, the apostles? Was it some of the other believers? Or was it people who wanted healing? but were afraid to go near the apostles? Well, it is possible that there were people in both these categories, both non-believers who were afraid of the apostles um, and some believers who may have been afraid as well. This is the push away from the church and the apostles generated by this powerful uh, display of healing. So let me Expand on this um, so you um, can get into it a little bit more. First, let's look at the non-believers who are coming for healing. Many people, we are told, were bringing sick people to the apostles, but not actually necessarily to meet with them. They only wanted to come near the apostles um, so that they could get what they wanted out of them. In verse 15, it says, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as they went by, As he went by. Right? I don't know about you, but this verse reminds me of an instance in Jesus' life where the woman who had the issue of blood came to Jesus and in that instance she was not touching Jesus' shadow, but she was touching Jesus' cloak. And she did receive healing, but her in, her aim in doing what she did was to receive anonymous healing by simply touching Jesus' garment, without uh, without a, any uh, personal interaction with Jesus. In that story, we also know that it was not God's intention that she received anonymous
0: healing. Why? Because um, Jesus pointed her out in the entire crowd
1: and had a conversation with her and broke her anonymity. Why would Jesus do something like this? Even though he knew that it would cause considerable embarrassment to her. I believe Jesus did this because Jesus is also never interested in healing people anonymously.
0: After all,
1: his chief aim is to have a relationship with the people that he is healing. If you take that relationship away, then all the healing is completely meaningless. You can look at the story of the 10 lepers or the story of the man who was born blind and did not know Jesus initially. In all of these stories, We are told specifically about how Jesus interacted with those he healed after he healed them so that he could begin a relationship with them. This relationship is always Jesus' ultimate intent. The problem though is having this relationship with Jesus is not usually the intent of the one who is coming for healing their intent is simply to be healed and to move on with their lives. That is why you see people bringing sick relatives and friends all the way uh, from the villages in Jerusalem to reach the apostles. But when they get there, they only want a piece of the shadow of the apostles and not the apostles themselves. That is what is going on when they simply bring the, the sick to touch the apostles' shadow. That way, they can get what they want and leave. And this is the story of most
0: people who do not believe in Jesus, but want some healing in their lives. But there is even more that's going on, my friends, in verse 13,
1: where it says no one dare to join the apostles' in Solomon's colony. I believe there is a behavior that relates to believers as well that needs to be examined. This is where the context of what we just read is so important. In the same chapter, in the verses that we just examined before this passage, was this tremendous and shocking story of Ananas and Sapphira, right? In that story, the believers were projecting one thing on the outside and had something else going on inside of them. We know that when Ananas, Ananias and Sapphira came to the apostles, there was this inside outside mismatch, but this mismatch was quickly exposed and they died from the shock of that exposure, right? Then death would have sent serious ripples within the church world. I'm not speculating here. The text in verse 11 specifically says so. It says, great fear gripped everyone else who heard what had happened.
0: Now, every now and then we know that God manifests strong earthly consequences to
1: disobey him. These consequences serve as a warning sign to everyone about not taking God
0: as seriously as he deserves. Or rather, let let me say that again. These consequences
1: serve as a strong warning sign to anybody who is not taking God as seriously as God deserves to be taken. It is very likely that with this lesson very fresh in everybody's mind, there were some believers who wanted to keep a safe distance from the apostles just in case something within them was exposed that they didn't want to be exposed.
0: It is possible that these believers by
1: doing that but also communicating that they wanted to keep a safe distance from God himself. Where have you heard that before, right? You can examine all of the Old Testament and you'll find that happening all over the place.
0: So what do we learn
1: from this short but very powerful section in Acts? Well, if you are a believer, there is one takeaway. And if you are not a believer, there is another takeaway. Let me start with the believer's takeaway.
0: If you are a believer
1: and you are in that place where you are fearful, then you do fall short of God's expectations and therefore think it is better or safer for you to keep a safe distance from God or even the spiritual leaders that God has placed in your life. Let me tell you, that is not the solution to sin. In fact, the very fact that you are aware of your spiritual shortcomings is a very good thing. We should be aware of our spiritual shortcomings. But once we are aware of them, then the next step is to admit it to God and to those closest to you. Because when we do admit it, there is no contradiction between our insides and our outsides anymore. When sin is confessed, they can be forgiven by the power of of Christ's blood and great cleansing and right living comes out of that. That is on the believer side of things. Now if you're not a Christ follower yet, the takeaway from today's text is simple.
0: If you need healing in your
1: life, by all means come to Jesus. He is able to heal all your diseases and your relationships But remember that for that healing to be complete, you need to get what Christ really wants to give you. And that is that relationship with him. Now that relationship comes at a cost because he's just not a friend. He he, he is and wants to be the Lord of your life. And so you will have to give control to him when you enter into that relationship. that is the most important relationship that you can never establish here on earth. And because Christ knows that your your physical healing is temporary, but when you have a relationship with him, it is eternal. So the bottom line is don't stay away, people. Whether you are already a believer or you are not one yet. Draw near to Christ because he's so badly wants to draw near to you
0: and take you on a journey to discover eternal things. Let us pray. Our loving heavenly Father, Lord, thank you, Lord, because you love us so much. You so badly want to be with us, to engage with us, to draw us close to you. What did you not do, Lord? Did you spare yourself? That you spare yourself pain, agony, torture. You bent you to every extent possible just so that we could have this relationship. That we could not be just healed temporarily, but we could be healed eternally. And even after you did it once, even right now, we know that you sit there in heaven and
1: you yearn for each one of us. You yearn for that relationship so that we can draw close to you. If we have some kind of relationship, you want to have a deeper relationship. If we don't have a relationship, you want to establish one. That's what you are about. Lord. We know that you created each one of us for this very purpose. So, Lord, I pray that each one here physically in the room, those who are hearing, who are online and those who might hear this message in the days to come I pray that you would speak to each one of us in your own unique, powerful and special way and that you would engineer the circumstances of our life so that one way or the other that you would break all of our resistance and tell you Abba Father, Lord Savior Jesus Christ come into my life, I need you I need you
0: now more than ever I need you now, and I need you forever. In Jesus name you, amen.